0: Good morning. Everybody awake? Got coffee? Feeling caffeinated? Ready to go? We're starting anyway. A brand new series called Kingdom Come. Uh, let me ask you this question. When you think of the word kingdom, what, you don't have to say it out loud. Just think about it, right? What comes to mind? What, what, um, what thoughts, what pictures um, do you see the 300 going to battle? Um, do you do you picture something from Game of Thrones what well, what do you see when you think of the word kingdom when you think of the word king right so what kind of king do you picture do you picture a lazy king uh, I love there's a story in the Bible about uh, this this one king his name was Ehud, that's a weird name, and it says he was a very, the Bible describes him as very fat. I mean, he was getting fat off the people. So, um, you know, do you picture some weird blob of a king? Do you picture a dictator? Do you picture kind of a king that's got no backbone, is afraid to fight? Well, what do you picture when you think of the word kingdom, when you think of the word king? And here's why that matters. The Bible talks a lot about kingdoms. The Old Testament is full of it. Jesus talked about it, and we're not going to read all of these, but in Matthew, Matthew's the first book in the New Testament, if you're not familiar with the Bible. In Matthew, Jesus, the word kingdom, he talks about it 56 times. It's mentioned 147 times in the New Testament. It's everywhere. So here's the thing. Whatever it is, whatever it isn't, here's what we know for sure. Kingdom is important, right, even if we don't understand it. It's important. Something gets talked about that much. Have you been around somebody that talks about themselves all the time? Do you ever just want to tell them to shut up? Like, dude, you're not that important, right? When somebody talks about something a lot, it's because there's importance attached to it. The kingdom matters. So just a couple uh, verses for you to jot down. We won't read them. Um, Matthew 4, 23 just so you can see kind of how the kingdom plays out, just in the book of Matthew, Matthew 4, 23, everywhere Jesus went, he told people good news about a kingdom. Matthew 10, 7, when Jesus sent out his disciples, he told them to tell other people about a kingdom. Matthew 6, Jesus actually suggests that the kingdom is more important than things like food, drink, clothes. I think he actually said, Seek first the kingdom and all these other things, and that would fall into the category of all these other things, food, clothes, what you're going to say, what you're going to, what you're going to drive in today's culture, how you're going to get from place to place, all the things that consume our minds. He talked about, he said, seek the kingdom first. Here's the thing, if we're just kind of set in this landscape, the problem that we have is we don't do that. Is it okay to say that? Is it okay to say that we don't typically seek the kingdom first? Typically, what's going to happen is tomorrow, when our feet hit the floor, we're going to wake up consumed with thoughts about all those other things. Um, Oh, God, i got a presentation at um, at work today. I hope I'm ready. I hope it goes well. Uh, I know we're a couple weeks from school starting, but students, you'll be like, I didn't do my homework. I got... Ten minutes to get it whipped together, right? We Do I have the money to pay the bills? We hit the ground thinking about all these other thoughts when Jesus told us that we should hit the ground thinking about the kingdom first. We don't do that very well. Let's go a little bit further. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says this, that we're ambassadors. Paul says that we are Christ's ambassadors. Um, I'm not going to ask you to tell me this out loud, but who who knows what an ambassador does? An ambassador represents one country in another country. Here, listen to, listen to this definition. The ambassador's role is to reflect the official position of the sovereign body that gave him authority. I'm going to say that again because that's really good and it took me a while to process it, okay? We are Christ's ambassadors. We are representatives of another kingdom. And here's what it means that you, this is about you, that you're an ambassador. An ambassador's role, your role, say my role, is to reflect the official position of the sovereign body that gave him authority. So as we go through the world, we we represent another kingdom. It's our responsibility to reflect the official position of heaven. That sounds like a big deal, doesn't it? Our job is to reflect in this culture the official position of heaven. Pop quiz, what's the official position of heaven? That's why we're doing a series, right? Like what is this kingdom that we're supposed to be representing? It would help us if we knew what the official position of heaven was. And not only do we represent heaven on earth, check this out. Jesus took it to to another level. Here's what he taught us. He taught his disciples, that's me and you, when he said, they said, how can we pray? Here's what he said, Matthew 6, 9. He said, pray like this, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. So he told us, pray for God's kingdom to come. Listen, he says, may your kingdom come, may your will be done, where? On earth. As it is in heaven. If you went to church at all growing up, you learned the Lord's Prayer. I can remember saying the Lord's Prayer every single week in the Methodist church where I grew up. And what I loved about saying it was we said the word trespass. We didn't say debt. Right? So as a kid growing up, like you get a couple hundred people in the same room and they're all saying trespass. Like all those S's are just like trespass, trespass. And I just loved it. I loved it. I could count how many times that would happen. And then when we hit the last one, it's like, oh, well, no more fun in the prayer, right, because all the S's are gone. I, I knew that. I didn't know what it meant. I just knew the words to the prayer. Jesus said the first thing we're supposed to pray is, God, we're praying that your kingdom come here as it is in heaven. You're an ambassador. If you're a believer, you're an ambassador of a kingdom You reflect the official position of that kingdom in this world. Problem is we don't always know what the official position is. So can we just agree, whether we like it or not, whether we really agree with it or not, whether we even see the point of it or not, that the will of God is not to save people and then have us hide in our homes, hide in our churches, hide your wife, hide your kids, right? The will of God is not that we get saved and then hunker down and hope the bad people don't get us. The will of God is, again, whether we like it or not, whether we agree with it or not, whether even we understand it or not, the will of God is that we would be saved to become ambassadors of a kingdom on this planet. Because we just prayed it, right? And if Jesus says this is what you should pray, I'm pretty sure Jesus, I mean, I. I know some of y'all, like me, have prayed prayers, and you're like, when it's over, you're just like, did I just really pray that? Remember, the first church I served in, we had Sunday school downstairs in the in the basement, right? And then after Sunday school was over, we would walk up the steps to go into the sanctuary for the service. And so this this one morning, whoever was leading Sunday school called on this one person to pray. It was one of those churches, right? They didn't go, would anybody like to pray? They were like, hey, David. How about this out in prayer David is like one of those guys that never prays in public, never out loud like I'm sure he prayed in his heart all the time but you could just see the panic just went over and so he starts praying out loud and you can, can you tell people are filtering as they're praying like they're trying not to mess up right and like he just prayed at the end of him he was like, and God help us have a good trip like when he whipped, we're all like staring at him like trip. Like from the basement to the sanctuary? Do you want us to fall up the steps? I mean, what exactly, what in the world? Like, we mess prayers up all the time, right? We mess prayers up all the time, but not Jesus. So when Jesus prays what he prays, we can count on that. We can trust that. So if he says, hey, I want you to pray that God's kingdom comes on earth as it is in heaven, then that's the will of God. You got saved. He wants you to represent heaven. So I'm going to say it this way. If his will is for us to see his kingdom come here, then if it doesn't look like heaven, there's still work to do on earth. If it doesn't look like heaven, there's still work to do on earth. I can see that I've lost you already. Let's, um let 's see if we can bring you back this way. God is not satisfied with Pinterest fails. I think we brought a few of these to look at so if you're not familiar with what a if you're not familiar with what a Pinterest fail is, the left side of the picture is Pinterest, and the right side is what you and I would do, right? We have a few more we 'll kind of take our time going through these. This is SpongeBob, and and it's this is Cookie Monster, and some monster dying on a cookie, right? <laughs> Top part Pinterest, bottom part what? I wouldn't even do something that that good, probably. We have a few more. You know, I'm starting to think that I should have made a disclaimer. If any of these pictures are your pictures, <laughs> I'm sorry, but you know, at least you, at least you tried. A few more. This is good for football season. It's getting ready to start. Thank you, Jesus. Snowman and pigs. I don't know what that was. You're, you're starting to feel bad for the people. I, I know. And I think we have one more. That's my favorite right there. That's my favorite. That's a scary-looking minion, right? Um, listen, if it doesn't look like heaven, there's still work to do on earth. So, when Jesus, this is all I want you to get today. This is all that I want. If you walk out of here getting this, you got the whole thing. All I want you to get is that when we pray, Your kingdom come, how do we know that His kingdom is coming? Because this place begins to look more like that place. When He said, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, that's what Jesus is saying. He said, Hey, you're my ambassadors. You walk, Just walk around. Walk around, go, to your, go through your life, go to work, go to school, and anything you see, if it doesn't look like heaven, there's still work to do on earth. I'm not satisfied just to survive and get to heaven someday. That's not the plan of God. Jesus prayed that we would be an active part of seeing heaven come to earth. Your kingdom come. So, look, Pinterest people. At least they tried, right? Which, to be honest, is more than some of us can even say. Some of us haven't even tried to represent the kingdom. I mean, I at least would like to encourage us to begin to try to bring heaven to earth. So what I want to do this morning, um, listen, it's going to be a six-week series. There's lots of stuff we'll talk about. We'll talk about specific characteristics of the kingdom. But today, I just want to give us two very practical observations to help us bridge the gap between the kingdom there and you know, the kingdom here, okay? Because what's going to happen is if I'm telling you that the kingdom should come, you should be asking the question right now, well, like, what do we do while we're waiting, right? How do we know when the kingdom's come? So these are just two practical observations, okay? Very, very simple. You can write them down. Here's the first one. If it's not in heaven, it doesn't belong on earth. If it's not in heaven, now these are like really bold statements, and I know what you're thinking right now. Can I really get behind that statement, right? I need to process that statement. Is it really true? I'm not quite sure I understand it. If it's not in heaven, it doesn't belong on earth. This is a statement about the authority of the kingdom that's coming. Okay, this is about authority. If this doesn't look like heaven, there's still work to do on earth. So if it's not in heaven, it doesn't belong on earth. Um, Matthew 6, 9, we read that earlier. It says, pray like this, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy, may your kingdom come, and your will be done on earth as in heaven. The Greek word for kingdom is basileia, and it means royal power, dominion, and rule. I love this. If you look it up in Strong's, um, you go to, people, somebody asked me, they like, how do you do that? Um, you go to Google or Blue Letter Bible. So, I love blueletterbible.com. They are not paying me anything for saying that, but they should, right? Um, it's a fantastic app on your phone, or you can go do it on your desktop. Just go to Blue Letter Bible and, and type in Matthew 6.10, and you'll see the word kingdom, and you can click it, and it'll tell you what the Greek word is. And here's what the Greek word means. It means rule. It means power. It means dominion. And here's what it says, not to be confused with an actual kingdom, but rather the right or authority to rule over a kingdom. Here's why that's important. Y'all with me still? Why did the church kill Jesus when he came? Who knows? Because he preached really long sermons. No. People people hung on every word Jesus said no matter how long he talked. Like, it's not quite like, I'm not Jesus, right? (laughs) So I get it. They killed him because he didn't set up an actual kingdom. If he had shown up... Like it would have been kind of weird because, like, he'd have been a baby in a manger. But if he had been born in a manger and, like, he had a crown, a visible crown, and, like, an actual throne, and, like, if, if everybody just served him all the time and he barked out commands and he got rid of the Roman Empire, they wouldn't have killed him because that's what they wanted, right? So is, is the kingdom of heaven an actual kingdom? Yes, but, like, we're not, like, building a castle, having a throne, and having somebody sit on it and saying, like, now Christians run everything which I'm not preaching about it, but probably should influence the way the church sees politics. Just saying, right? Our job is not to get Christians to run everything. Our job is to get heaven on earth. It's not an actual kingdom, but it is a real kingdom. It is about real authority that we've been given. He goes on to say this in, in, when you look at the Greek word. It speaks of the royal power of Jesus as a triumphant Messiah. And it speaks of the royal power conferred on Christians in the Messiah's kingdom. That last one's really important. Here's what it means it means that we have been tasked by God not just to spot things that aren't quite like heaven, but to actually do something about it. Okay. I'm just trying to make sure you get this. This is the difference between being a cop and being a coach. We've talked about this before in church. Remember our shift series? We talked about shifting from cop to coach. Um, Cops are good, but typically what a cop does is point out all the bad things that you've done. You've probably had bosses like that. You might have a boss like that. You may have a spouse like that. I don't know. But I bet in your life you got people that they're really good at spotting what you did wrong, right? They're not so good about helping you correct it. A lot of Christians are like that. Have you noticed that? Like we're really good at detecting people's bad stuff. The shame of it is, they already know. Like you're not telling them something they don't know. You're such a loser, man. You just like you're just addicted. Oh, thanks for pointing that out. I didn't know why I was in this strange place with no clothes, right? I mean, like, they know, right? You drink too much. They already know that. You cuss all the time. Yeah, I got ears I can hear. I mean, they, the church is so good, and I mean that in a bad way, at pointing out the wrong. But that's not what the authority of the kingdom's about. You've been given authority by Jesus. He said, as the Father sent me, and next week we're going to talk about how, what did he send Jesus to do. As the Father sent me, now I'm sending you. He said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Now go. Meaning, I got the authority. I'm giving it to you. Go. So we don't just point out what's wrong. We've actually got the authority to start to fix it. I love that. I love that. Would you hate to have a plumber come to your house and look at your toilet as it's overflowing and say, yeah, it's overflowing? Thanks, Einstein. Einstein. Can you fix it? Uh, well, no, I just, I'm agreeing, I agree with you. It's, it's bad. Yeah, I know, but can you fix it? I'm not really a plumber. I play one on TV, right? Like that kind of a deal. It's like, what? I, what? And here's your bill. We don't need people to agree. We don't need to agree with the world. We need to change it. So if, it's, if it's not in heaven, it doesn't belong on earth. This is about authority. I want you to get this. We have been authorized by Jesus to literally bring heaven to earth. So if Jesus tells us to ask the Father for the kingdom to come on earth as is in heaven, then we need to start asking what's in heaven. People ask me this all the time. Is it God's will to heal? And we're all going to scream out the answer on the count of three. One, two, three. Like, not all of you are saying yes, but can I tell you this unequivocally, without doubt, no shadow of doubt, no compromise. I don't have to blink when I say it. It's 100% always God's will to heal. How do I know? Ask me how. There's nobody sick in heaven. It's as simple as that. If it's not in heaven, it doesn't belong on earth. Your will come on earth as it is in heaven. There are no sick people in heaven, so I have no doubt that God wants to heal people even on earth. Because he told us to bring heaven to earth. What about addiction? There's no addicted people in heaven. So we know that addiction isn't something that should be on earth. Let me ask you another question. I mean, let's get really personal. Are there Tar Heels in heaven? I'm kidding parker listen i'm just joking because I know you're going to heaven there's going to be at least one tar hill in heaven. I know you're going I'm just kidding like if it 's not in heaven, it doesn't belong on earth. My point here is that as we talk about being people that represent a kingdom we 're not just authorized to spot the problem we 're actually authorized to be a part of the solution. Man, I would love to pastor a church who has the solution right like can we just um not, I don't want to beat this to death, but ask anybody that's grown up in Albemarle, does Albemarle have a future? Uh, I was expecting you to say no, so you just ruined the whole point. All right, let's just move on. Next point is, <laughs> um, what about fill in the blank? So, okay, there'll be... There's no sickness in heaven, so we should, should want to see people healed here. There's no addiction in heaven, so we should see people set free here. What about fill in the blank? What, what about, I don't know, if you fill in the blank, is it in heaven? The question always, that's got to be the first question, is it in heaven? And if it's not, then it doesn't belong here. Authority, authority. Now I can hear what you're thinking, and here's what you're thinking. Then why, Paul, are there things on earth that should not be in heaven? If, if it's not supposed to be in, in on earth, but it is, why is it here? Hey, Paul, you you said unequivocally, without a doubt, that God wants to heal people, and your brother died, and your mother died. I got people in this room right now, they love Jesus with all their heart, and they see people that are addicted, and man, we ask these questions all the time. So, okay, you said we, it's not supposed to be here, so then why is it here? And here's the answer, because the kingdom is here coming. It's a journey, and it's a process. Now, I know some of y'all, and some of y'all are crazy. And if I said, after church today, when you walk out, there's going to be a 15-passenger van in front of the church, and the first 15 people, well, first 14 people to jump in are going on a road trip with me. It's going to be a week long, and it's going to be epic. There's at least 14 crazy people in this room that would jump in that van, no questions asked, no luggage, no clothes, no deodorant, no toothbrush. Y'all y'all crazy, right? You're crazy. And you would do it. But most of you would say, where are we going? And I'll think about it. And if the answer to where we were going was a place that you really wanted to go to, like, I'll put up with Paul in a van for a week to get there, right? I'll, I'll road trip for a week. And you would go because, see, it's all about the destination, isn't it? Your kingdom come is a process, the destination. What is the destination? What is the destiny of the kingdom? Can I give you the destiny of the kingdom in one word? Here it is. You ready? And you're going to want to write this down. It's four letters long. This is the destiny of the kingdom. Good. I was expecting something a little more powerful than that. No, the destiny of the kingdom is good. Listen to this. At the beginning of the Bible, that's Genesis, right? If you know your Bible books, that's Genesis. If you don't know your Bible books, it's still Genesis. So at the beginning of the Bible, seven times in the first chapter of the Bible, you'll find this phrase. And God saw that it was good, except for when he created man. And then he saw that it was very good. I'm as confused as you, right? I know some men, I'm like, seriously? That was very good? I'm very, are you kidding me? But he said it was good. First chapter of the Bible, it was good. Bypass the entire Bible and just go to the last book, Revelation 21 and 22. Now, you don't find the word good there, like, and it's good again. But what you do find is he'll wipe away every tear from our eyes. Behold, I am making all things new. It says that there will be no curse in heaven. It says that we won't even need light because Jesus will be the light. Now, I don't know how you describe not paying a power bill, but I describe that as good, right? Especially in the summertime, if you don't have that equal payment plan thing, what is wrong with you? Get on that thing as soon as possible, right? You open up that Duke energy bill or the the city's bill, and you're like, what happened? You were hot. That's what happened. And you turn that thing down to like 65 and now you're going to pay 500 bucks for it, right? So the idea that I'm not going to have a light bill in heaven, that's good, all right? I'm, I don't, I'm being super practical. but That's good. So here's what we find. The Bible starts with a kingdom that is good, and the Bible ends with a kingdom that is good because the destination, the destiny of the kingdom is good. So why aren't things good? Three-letter word starts with S, ends with N, sin. That's it. It's as simple as that. That man that God created that he said it was very good made a very bad decision and ruined everything. In the middle of this book, in the middle of the book, we find a verse in Romans. Romans. It says, and we know this, that in all things, God is working for the good of them that are called. To quote that famous frozen theologian, Olaf, all good things, all good things. So, If this is a statement about the authority of the kingdom, if it's not in heaven, it doesn't belong on earth, hey, church, I've given you my authority so that if you see something that does not belong, you have the authority to do something about it. Then let me make a statement about the destiny of the kingdom. If it's not good, it's not over. That's a statement about the destiny of the kingdom. For those of you that are in the room and you're in the middle of a situation and you're like, I hear you, Paul, and literally you've been the best preacher I've heard today, right? I haven't fallen asleep twice, maybe once, but not twice. I'm all in on it. I get it, but my life is not good. That is the destiny of the kingdom that you're a part of. As a believer, if it's not good, it's not over. And we know that God causes everything, all things, to work together for the good of those who love God and are called, according to his purpose, for them. It starts and ends with good. Sin in the middle messed it all up. So if it's not good, it's not over. We can stand with confidence in the destiny of the kingdom. If it isn't in heaven, it doesn't belong on earth, we can stand with confidence in the authority of the kingdom. If it doesn't look like heaven, there's still work to do on earth. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Here's what God wants to do in your life and mine. He wants to give us the authority to walk towards the destiny of the kingdom. Here's how we're going to do it practically this morning. Um, on the way in, I hope you were given a, a card. Um, if you did not receive a small card, it just says this. Um, your kingdom come in, and there's a big space, and then some more words underneath it. If you did not receive a card like that, we just raise your hand, and we're going to start walking around right now handing out a bunch of cards. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, dang it, next time they offer me something at the door, I'm taking it. I know. I know. That's why they're handing it to you. You're going to need it in just a minute, okay? They went to get the cards. You can can rest your arms now. I'll tell you when to lift them again. Three, two, one. Hands in the air if you didn't get a card. Keep those hands up. They're going to bring it to you. There are pens in the chairs in front of you. And here's what I'm going to ask you to do. If we have been given the authority of the kingdom to walk towards the destiny of the kingdom, then if you're here and you're breathing, you've probably got areas of your life that you haven't made it to the destiny yet. I know that I do.
1: Can I also get a card?
0: That's what I get for telling y'all, y'all should have taken a card. I made the cards. I should have taken one. What is wrong with me, right? All of us have areas of our lives that we need to see the kingdom of God come. What would you write there? I don't know. It's between you and the Lord, whatever you would write there. Don't sign your name on this card. But I want you to take a moment and I want you to think through what, what exactly could I put there? What am I waiting to see the kingdom of God in its fullness in my life? I mean, I'll give you some examples. These are simple ones. Not not simple because they're not hard, but they're just the kind of things we always kind of go to, right? Um, If you're here and your body is sick, that's something, right? Um, If you've got no peace in your mind about a situation, that's one. Can I ask you this question? How many of us right now would say that our relationships match the kingdom? Yikes. I mean, any relationships, right? Um, Hey, students, you're going to start school. (laughs) Your kingdom come in school. Please, God, in school as it is in heaven. I mean, I want to give you some opportunities to think through and pray through that. Um, Before we respond with what you write down, I'm going to ask Chris Reinhardt to come, and she's going to just share. She shared this testimony with me this morning, and I was actually in the room when we first prayed about this, and she was like, you've got to hear what God's doing since we prayed. Um, And I was like, this is the perfect time. I want you to hear this testimony. This is the testimony about what we just talked about. And I know how y'all think. You're like, why couldn't you just have her do the testimony, and you don't have to preach, right? Because, again, I'm a pastor. It's what we do. So um, I want you to hear how the kingdom came in her life in an area. And I wanted to build your faith to write down maybe the hard area of your life that you didn't write down. Because when she gets done, you might want to scratch out what you wrote and write the real area. Okay? You ready?
1: Hi. Um, I'm part of a summer Bible study that's ending this week, but maybe only beginning because we've been learning about healing. And we kind of been practicing on each other. We've prayed for each other. And um, two weeks ago, I had some enormous pain in two of my teeth. And I already knew that there wasn't any um, decay in them. And I had made an appointment, um, and I was going to plunk down several hundred dollars and get these teeth capped. But... The um, class came before the appointment. So I thought, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask for prayer. So um, there was maybe four times during the next week where I had to take ibuprofen, and, and it was pretty rough. But I, I, I did cancel the appointment. Um, I did not go to the doctor. I thought, okay, right now, this week, I'm, I'm going to see what Jesus is going to do. And, um, so the pain was just about gone. And, uh, I, uh, saw my next door neighbor and outside and, uh, we were talking for a minute. It's just really good. Oh, sorry. We were talking for a minute and, um, he says, uh, well, is that pain gone? And I said, yeah, yeah, the pain's gone. And, um. He didn't pray for me, but he came up to me, and he put his hands like this, and he said, Be whole. And uh, then he said, "Um, Let's look in your mouth um, and see what's going on in there. And I said, Two of the teeth are very broken. So I opened up my mouth, and... um, God had switched my metal alloy dark silver black molar into a 14 karat gold molar, yes. Um, My sister looked it up for me yesterday. Um, They can cost anywhere from $250 to $4,500 per tooth. And mine was a molar-sized filling, so I'm figuring about 4500 Just for the total heck of it, that was not even the tooth that had pain. Now, the next tooth up is broken and did have pain, and um, it is also turning gold. So several times a day... Um, I've been uh, <laughs> looking in my mouth. <laughs> I don't have a toothbrush in here or deodorant, but today I have. Um, and so this kind of story, this has never happened to me before. Nothing like this. But you just can't not tell somebody about it. So the first person I told obviously was my sister, and. Um, this is kind of weird, but the next person I told was my ex husband, and I made him look in my mouth. <laughs> the God of the universe was in my mouth Monday afternoon. I mean, what? What? <laughs> and um, you could call it frivolous, but I call it extravagant. Um, when we talk about God's extravagant, love and sometimes he just wants to tickle your funny bone (laughs) So anyway um keep praying keep reaching for what you think is impossible not just for the pain in your tooth to go away because god wants to bless you and bless you and bless you and bless you just like he's going to when you get to heaven
0: I know that some of you are crossing out what you wrote and you're writing dental work right there. Um, This is not a promise from God to give you gold fillings. That's not what this is about. But this is a promise of God that he is bringing heaven to earth. He is bringing heaven to earth. I don't know what is going on in your life where you don't quite see heaven yet, where it doesn't quite look like heaven. And so you're like, I get it, Paul. It doesn't belong on earth, but it's still here. And I get it, someday it won't be here, but I wish that day was today, and, it's, and I don't even know when that day is going to be. What I'm going to ask you to do this morning is I'm going to ask you to fill out that, put in there whatever you want to put in there, and we're going to finish this morning singing that song that we sang earlier, I, I think, I hope, I think we are. Um, You're good. You'll never let me down. That he would be the king of our heart, even in hard situations. I'm going to ask you, when you've written your your answer, whatever you put on that card, and they begin to sing, I'm just going to ask you to get out of your seats and come and just place those, place them on the altar, okay? Just place them on the altar. Um, and we're going to end this morning here at this space together, not focused on the problem, but focused on the solution. So, Lord, right now in your name, Jesus, uh, thank you for what you've done in Chris's life, in her mouth. I mean, all of us who have had pain in our mouths can relate. And when it's suddenly gone and no dentist did it, man, what a testimony. And that's just the tip of the iceberg of what you want to do, Lord, in our relationships, in our marriages, in our jobs, at school, all the places that if we're honest, we would like to get, we would like to get saved from, you're calling us to bring heaven to those places. And so what we write down, God, it's sacred to us, it matters to us, and it matters more to you. And we just simply pray, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. In your name, Jesus. Amen.